Hey, it's Josh Cohen from the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! In order for the magic to work, you have to truly believe in the magic. Hey, Magic fans, and welcome to this episode of the podcast of the Orlando Magic UK, Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about all things schedule release. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by the three Cavaleros. Gee, fresh back from holiday. How you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you, mate. Yeah, I just come back this afternoon, so apologies I've missed the last couple of podcasts. But um, yeah, good time away, thank you. Uh, a bit tired now, drive home, tired kids, unpacking, you know how it is. So, um, uh, But hey, I want to ask you something. Have you got your Welsh jersey packed for tomorrow, my friend? Right. Um, I'm being asked by various people who I'm supporting. For those that don't know, I'm coming down to Cardiff tomorrow for the Wales-South Africa um, Rugby International. I've got a lot of friends who are saying I've got to support South Africans. I've got a lot of friends, including yourself, Mr. <laughs> Jones, who are saying I have to be Welsh. I'm going to be entirely neutral and enjoy the experience of visiting the Principality Stadium, which I've not been to before. Yeah. So yeah, oh, I'm looking man. forward to it, mate. Looking forward to it. Uh, you'll have a fantastic uh, time, it, buddy. It, it will be excellent. Really looking forward to it. Gary, how are you, my friend? Not too bad. It's uh, my sister's birthday today, and she got a slice of that uh, key lime pie that you might have sampled. Oh, that Mr. thing was so good. <sighs> that thing was so good. You are welcome down at my house anytime if that is your visiting entrance fee. That was so good. G got a key ring and you got a key line pie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with that uh, ratio there. That's good, mate. That's very good. And uh, happy birthday to the sis, mate. Yeah, man. She had a good day. Uh, Mr. Clark, how's are you? I'm doing well, mate. Make sure that you uh, carry a sheep under your arm tomorrow. You'll fit right in. <laughs> um, and we know, Paul, you've got Inflatable to stay away from those... You got to stay away from the real ones. We know what you're. Absolutely, yes. With my allergy to uh, to the sap, yes, I shall be keeping well away from those. Uh, for those listening and watching this episode, if at any point I sound a little like Porky Pig, with a, it's I I have a condition called um, a hemiplegic migraine. I've had one today. It takes my speech and it uh, makes my thought process slow. So. As I'm speaking, sometimes I'm very conscious that I'll be with a surname like Bacon. I suppose it's entirely appropriate that I sound like Porky Pig. So there we go. (laughs) (laughs) And at that, you know how the episode's signing off. (laughs) Right. Before we get into it, I'm going to do a quick plug. Uh, Support today's episode by shopping with Fanatics UK and NBA Store Europe using the links in the description of our podcast and the website orlandomagicuk.com. You'll find the latest sports merchandise, including NBA, NFL, MLB, football and Formula One and more. You can get 10% off your entire order by using our code MAGICUK10 at the checkout. May not be the best offer available, there will be others and some exclusions apply, but it's better than nothing. And if you're looking for some... uh, different Orlando Magic merchandise, then head to our own online store, magicfansapparel.tmail.com. Also, the links are on the podcast and uh, off the website. 
and you'll find one or two different bits there. It just helps us do what we do. So if you have bought anything or been shopping through any of those links, thank you. We genuinely appreciate it. Let's get into it, guys, because we've got a lot to talk about. Um, it is entirely going to be about the Magic schedule release this week, seeing the Magic regular season and in-season tournament schedule drop. And it's fair to say that uh, I think everyone's in agreement. It looks a tough one. My first reaction was that the the schedule gods looked and thought, Magic fans, fancy your chances, do you? Have this. Because that's how it looked. Uh, it's not kind at all. We have a total of... 15 back-to-backs, uh, so that's 30 games we play on consecutive games, seven away to away, uh, one away to home, and three away to travel. Uh, sorry, home to away. Uh, Gary, what's your thoughts on the uh, back-to-back situation? Um, My view is on any schedule that you've got to play everyone. So when I when I looked at it first, I kind of had the same reaction where I went, that's, that's a bit of a dicey, there's some dicey spells in there. But I think with a back-to-back, I do think we have depth in our squad now. So we've got the guard rotation. We've obviously strengthened that through the draft. So maybe this is a chance for players like our draft picks to say, okay, you're going to get a few more minutes on the second night of a back-to-back and we can we can be a play a little box a little bit clever. We can rotate Jonathan Isaac. Maybe we'll look at it and we'll see more of GI playing minutes at the five, perhaps. Um, and if Wendell's going to have any injury flare-ups, maybe, maybe that's something where Jonathan Isaac makes his claim for, to get back into the starting lineup. But I, I really think it's a young squad. Um, we can experiment, enthusiasm, recovery time should be quicker with young players. It's not like we've got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the team where they seem to be player one or the other. A lot of our players should be able to do back-to-backs um, just by their sheer youth. We, we all know when you're younger, you could go and play. <laughs> you could last that little bit longer. My, my real concern, if anything, was I know when I bring the schedule up, my phone converts it to UK Times automatically. And we've got three where it's due to American timing, but it comes off on the UK ones as three on the bounce. Okay, yeah. So it converts when we play... The Raptors, the Nuggets, and the Celtics on the UK time it shows up as the twenty second, twenty third, and twenty fourth of November, and it does the same thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth of January with Miami, OKC, and New York, where the time differences kick in and stuff. So I think that could be pretty draining, where you've got some testing teams like Nuggets and Celtics together is hard, and I think also when you're looking at it. You've got a young team, OKC, sandwiched in between two playoff-hardened teams in Miami and uh, and the New York Knicks. So that was that was my two flare points: um, November and January with the the schedules. But overall, you just got to play everybody. Let's let's be positive and let's think about our young guys in the squad. That's an interesting take about using uh, the depth that we have um, and. The, the youth being in our advantage on that. Yeah, I like that, mate. That's interesting. So, Mikey, I'm going to talk to you about the longest road trip, five games in nine days, January the 29th, February the 6th. What's your thoughts on that? I, I quite I quite like it, if I'm honest. I mean, the first half of the schedule is not doing us any favours. Um, a five-game West Coast, or a five-game road trip is tough enough as it is, but you're playing Dallas, let's be honest, they're going to have expectations to at least compete for a championship that we might not think they are, but 
that's their aspirations this season. Uh, I don't think we're any, expecting a lot from the Spurs. That should be a W if we were looking at it on paper. Minnesota's a, a fairly good matchup for us as well. Detroit, they're going to be better this year, but you still favour us with that. Um, and Miami, we certainly competed against them last year in, in pretty much all four games. We didn't obviously win all of them. Or, or, but I, I think that road trip out of all of the ones that we've got is uh, pretty favourable compared to some of the others that we've got coming up, especially the one at the start of the season to open it up. Mm -hmm. But um, we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, for the longest road trip, um, and then coming off of that road trip, we've then got a four-game homestand that takes us into the All-Star weekend. So if we can keep our heads above water, as Philip Rossman wright has been saying on his podcast today, if you guys haven't listened to that, um, which is a really good way of putting it, um, if the Magic can stay above water up until the All-Star break, I think we're going to be looking really, really positively going into the, the latter half of the season. Yeah, I think uh, it's... I would agree with you. It's not the worst of road trips, that longest one we've got. Mm. It, uh, one of the things I noticed with it, it doesn't include any back-to-backs, which yep. is quite unusual for a road trip for us. So, G, got to come to you, mate. We don't have ref rant at the moment, so this seemed ready-made for you. <laughs> Television games. <laughs> the floor is yours. Right. So, before I get on to the television games, one thing... Um... I know that Jeff Turner said when we had him on last year when the schedule was released, uh, he said when we asked him about the schedule, he said what they looked at, 41 home games, 41 road games. Yeah, looks fine to me. Everyone's going to have to play the same opponents no matter at what point or whatever. So the better teams will you know, transpire uh, to be higher in the standings. So whilst you know looking at it, you know, the first month or so, and we'll get onto that in a bit, uh, does look a little bit daunting. Um, you know, like Mikey's just said, that that road trip in um, in January, February, uh, you know, it, it's a very winnable sort of uh, run. Anyway, we'll get onto more of that in a bit, I'm sure. So, television games. So then, we are the... How many more teams? There's five teams that have got less games than the Orlando Magic on uh, national television. Now, when I say national television, four of these games are NBA TV, so I don't even count these as as national games. I don't know about you boys, but you know yeah. when you think national games, you want an ESPN game, you want a TNT game, you want Chuck and you know uh, the TNT boys uh, on talking about it. So we've been given the one. So that's an Oklahoma game. Um, in 2024 sometime uh only thing is it is a tuesday night so so the good thing is it's a home game which is nice to see and obviously it's um you know what we should have had last year with chet versus uh paolo um but i don't know i'm just to feel i feel a little bit agitated the fact that the rookie of the year the number one overall pick last year and we get five games you look at san antonio they have 19 national games it's it's staggering. Um, just having a quick look at the teams that have got less than us. Toronto of three, Washington four. Of course, they're in a bit of a rebuild. Uh, the Detroit Pistons have four. Charlotte have four. Um, so they're kind of you know bottom dwellers. Um, so all in all, I'm a bit disappointed. 
Um, we've got the the NBA TV games. I'll just list them for, for anybody who hasn't had a look at the schedule. It's the uh, LA Lakers in November. We've got the Atlanta game in Mexico City. Um, but, you know, that really should be a national game anyway, just because of the, uh, you know, the fact that it is an international game. We've got that, uh, I'm going to call it a playing game. It's not a playing game. It's that Boston game in November and then at Golden State. So all in all, pretty disappointed um, with only having five. But um, I am looking forward to that TNT uh, Tuesday game against OKC and the fact it's at home as well. Because um, last year's, I believe, was supposed to be penciled in OKC. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a road game. So, it'll, it'll, go on. I was going to say, this kind of sums up what you're trying to say, G. I saw a tweet earlier on, or a post on X, as we're now apparently calling it. Um, Jalen Green, Kay Cunningham, Paolo Bancaro, Taris Halliburton and Scoot Henderson are all going to be on ESPN and TNT combined this season for a total of six games. And the, I, I failed to put who 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 put the message out there, but they said if you don't see a problem with this, you yeah, need to wake up and understand how a big market bias is going to ruin this league for the future because you got top talent there, and and it's not going to be available for the national public in America <clears throat> to actually watch these guys play, which is a bit of a travesty. But it's all about the Lakers, apparently. <laughs> I mean, there was I mean, a good point made on that tweet that I saw that um, somebody said that, look, these teams are losing teams and didn't make either the playoffs or the playing tournament, which is a good point until you look and realise that San Antonio have got that number of games that they have. If San Antonio were included within that grouping, the points completely valid, but them having so many games because of drafting Stickman is ridiculous. <laughs> what was it you said in our group yesterday, Paul? Mister Overhyped. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, you were hoping that he might flop. Oh yeah, it, it, the, the media overreaction to him, and I feel bad saying this. It's almost making me want him to to crash and burn. I'd quite like to see him be a bust because of the overhype around the man. Um, it's not like me at all. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the only sort of saving grace you've got is they often change the scheduling based upon yeah. records, etc. So you know, if we're you know neck and neck going into the last two months, then hopefully we'll see a few more national games picked up for the magic. Um, so you know. It is what it is, unfortunately. But I'd I'd rather have David and Jeff call the games. To be honest yeah, with you, was. you'd watch it on yeah. Bally, wouldn't you? So, yeah, um, it is what it is. Just I'm actually I'm actually starting to understand, G, what it must be like for you and Angus, and Barry as fans of Scotland and Wales with the England bias when it comes to the football. I'm actually starting to understand where you guys are coming from about. It's, at times it feels like for you guys anyone but England I'm kind of starting to understand that because of this <laughs> overhyping of Victor Wembyama yeah yeah you I never thought me. I'd say that <laughs> <laughs> I still don't like your anyone anyone but England thing but there we go mate there we go right <laughs> okay so I want to talk about the first 20 the opening 20 um 
as you know, I've written before about how important these games are in deciding your chances of becoming a team in the playoffs. And we have a tough run in that first 20 games, in, which includes our four scheduled in-season tournament fixtures. Uh, we open the season at home to Houston and then hit a very early season West Coast trip, which includes our first back-to-back -back in LA. Uh, and it's we've got three in the period of those opening 20 games. So, G, the all-important 20 games, your, your reaction and thoughts to that opening run? Um, well, I'm glad we've got a, a home game to open the season. We haven't had one of them for a few years now. Uh, you know, we've been out at Detroit, at San Antonio last couple of um, seasons. So so that's a, a good starting point. But I've never seen a, a team being sent, you know, east or west, whatever conference they're in, so early in the season. Um, and then, you know, you've you've obviously got two West Coast trips. We're done by the by the 6th of January which is absolutely unheard of but it gives us a gives us a chance to come together as a team bond etc as you know and the team will do that on the road won't they you know they'll be in close proximity of one another um so so let's hope that happens um, it's it is a tough start you know um a couple of western you know first oh my gosh the first seven are all western conference opposition um if you can go 500 over that course, you know, you'd be happy, you'd, you'd think. Um, then it eases up a little bit. There's a couple of toughies in there. Milwaukee, obviously. A couple of road games. Brooklyn, Chicago twice. Indiana, home to Toronto. Then you've got the uh, the NBA champion Denver Nuggets come in. The Celtics. Uh, and then a couple more winnable ones. Charlotte, Washington, Washington, Brooklyn. Uh, who I don't particularly rate, to be honest as, with you, as a... If you follow me on Twitter, you'll probably not Twitter X. You'll probably um, notice. Um, so I mean, I I've gone through it my, myself. I I'd have us at twelve and eight. Um, so as Mikey mentioned earlier, you know, if we can get to to a point in January, um, at five hundred after after January at five hundred or so, and it give us every uh, every chance to uh, you know end the season strongly uh, and get us a, a, into good seeding position. Um, but yeah, I'm just so surprised at such a heavy Western Conference uh, opening, and I'm just glad those boys didn't book to go uh, this November because you'd be absolutely gutted, wouldn't you? Two weeks in Florida, then you might get to watch two games. Yeah, mate. I, I looked at the schedule and the dates that uh, we all had last season. Uh, I was over there for three weeks, and in that period of time, we would have got three games this year, where there were five last year. And we had a we had a, a, a fair number of road games in that period as well. Um, yeah, it's 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 diff it's definitely different. It's definitely a different uh, feel to that one. Mikey, any follow up on that? Yeah, um, I, I didn't. I spent all afternoon putting all the all the games on our website and going through the dates. So you kind of get a feel for how you think the schedule is going to play out when you have to go through every game you and did, figure I it did. out. But just piggybacking off of what G's just said, 11 of those 20 games to open the season are against teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. So if we want to look at this at a positive side of it, that's one thing. Um, that's not including Brooklyn, who G's just mentioned, we don't expect to be 
nah. a playoff team like they were last year, and a lot of that was because they still had KD for a large part of that before he got traded. Um, Boston, we've got in there as part of the uh, the in-season tournament as well as that. Um, we had their number last year, winning three out of four. Um, I think we all expect the Raptors to drop off a little bit. Um, Indiana's favourable. Um, the Bucks is going to be a tough one. Dallas didn't make the playoffs last year. The Lakers scraped in. The Jazz didn't make it. Now, it's not to say these teams aren't going to improve on last year because I expect some of them will. But if we're just basing off of last year, there are games in there that we should win. So if we can come out of that first 20 games and still be in and around 500, I think that's a really good start to the season for me. For a team that's still young, that's still got to find their way, um, and the fact that you've got to start road heavy... Um, might actually bring this team together more quickly than we think. So, yeah, if we're looking at it from a positive point of view, there, there's certainly a, a good number of teams there that we we could get some wins against at the start of the season. I also want to watch you, mate, about the uh, scheduling for the in-season tournament mm -hmm. that sits in that period. Uh, we're hosting, we've got the two away games first, then, then we finish with both uh, home court fixtures. Uh, between those home court fixtures, we host the defending champions, Denver, in that spell as well. So, mate, what's your thoughts on how the scheduling's landed with those games? I'm quite happy with it, mate, if I'm honest. Um, if you look at it, like I said, we're starting with Brooklyn on the road. Then you travel to Chicago for two back-to-back -back games with, it, what, a day or two in between? Yep. Yeah, um, it's not bad. Yeah. So you've got some rest in between that. Um Indiana on the road is going to be a good battle. Then you then you travel home. You've got Toronto. You're going to want to have your wits about you playing Denver. And we really played well against them last year. We might not have got a win against them, but we I certainly... thought we beat them on the home oh, did we? Did we yeah, beat them at home? Yeah, I'm sure we did because um, Kyle, a uh, view from the cheap seats, That's put a video right. up and he was there. He was there for that one. There's too and many I games we, to remember. <laughs> and I think we kind of uh, did take the W in that game. It was the road game. We pushed them right down yeah. to the wire and Jokic hit the three, didn't he? At the end yeah. of the game. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what I'm thinking of. So Denver's a good game. Um and then you've got Boston to close it out. So um no, I'm I'm pretty happy with that to be honest with you. Um uh, and I'm gonna mention uh Philip Rossman Reich again, who I was listening to earlier, and he said a good mindset for the magic to go into this sort of stretch of games is think of it like a playoff series you've got mm -hmm. a seven game playoff series and you've got to be really focused in those seven games um, and there's no real let up because you're playing four games of those at the in-season tournament now you've got the nuggets thrown in the middle of there as well um, so yeah I, I th they're all going to be really competitive games so I, I think that's a good thing for us to shape how we want the rest of the season to play out for me Gary, your reaction to the in-season tournament, are you liking seeing Boston as the, the final game? I, I'll be honest, court? I agree with Mikey that I think I think we've done well in the draw for this pre-season tournament mm. because she's already alluded to Brooklyn might not be as good as what they yeah. were this time last year. They're not. It's not like you're looking at Brooklyn and going, oh, Kevin Durant's Brooklyn anymore. And that's no disrespect, but it's not the same um, force now how they'll do this season. Watch them win the title after we've said this. But um, in real seriousness, it's not where you go, oh, no, it's Brooklyn. It's kind of like 
Brooklyn's really now a team who we've got to finish above if we want to make the playoffs and the play-in. So I think we could beat them. I think we can beat Chicago. I, I honestly think we're as good as, if not better than the Bulls. I think we're better than the Raptors. And I'm still going to stand by what I said previously. I think Toronto will blow it up. And I do think Pascal Siakam will be shipped out at some point during the season. And that brings us to Boston on the 24th. And the word out of Boston that I've seen, and I don't really follow the Celtics that closely, is that Pazingas has got plantar fasciitis. Mm, yeah, now, you said about this in the group, didn't you? Yeah, that's that's we're in August now and we're talking about November. But we're also talking about this is an injury you have to manage well. And you're talking about a guy whose story of his career has been injuries. And they've got to manage this now. Like The season hasn't started. If Pazingas didn't have these injuries, he's a Yuen Banyama and he's in your Yanis conversation and your Dirk comparisons and all of this is happening. But the the problem is, is injuries with Kristaps Pazingas. So am I being exaggerated here or not? I don't know. But will Pazingas be fit for that game? Well, he's pulled out of the World Cup squad, hasn't he? He has, but it's it's a funny. Like, I've had I've had this injury and I've done the rehab for it, and you have got to do it right. And it's not yeah. just get your foot sorted and your your shoes sorted. It's manage your calves and your tendons and things like that. And we know that he struggled with leg injuries before. So <laughs> Pazingas is a player where I'm looking at and going, "Our Boston going to try and load management, manage that player, and how will that fit?" schedule as well of how they use we saw last season it was uh Wendell wasn't it for ourselves with yeah. with this injury yeah. but I said we know the games that... that he missed and some extended periods as a result yeah. of that but when that happened last year Paul I, I immediately said on the pod I've had that injury and that's this is not an overnight thing and you you yeah. got to manage it and it's I'm not six foot eleven so it's it's a bit different really this you know when you, you think of the pressure that's going through that so I know it's November, but if I was the Boston Celtics, I'd be thinking, how do we get 60 games out of Christoph Spazingas? Because if we get 60 games out of him, you're going to get all-star production if he's managed right. So am I perhaps being optimistic? Maybe. But I'm looking at that and going, will Pazingas play? And I'm saying that as a Magic fan with Jonathan Isaac on the team. So, <laughs> well, well, let's be honest. You have to... It's, it's not just the 82-game schedule. It's all the day-to-day training and sessions that they have. And every game, they're out warming up long before we get, before the actual tip-off. There's considerably more uh, impact on the player yeah. than just that 48 minutes of scheduled basketball. Mm-hmm. You've got to manage it. You've got to manage it. it. Yeah. It's it's a big one. Now, I'm going to come to you again, Gary, for this. Um, we're going to talk about December through January. Um, and I think it was you, Mike, who described it in the group as potentially a season-defining period for us. So, Gary, will you talk us through your thoughts on uh, uh, this, this period and any reactions to it that you've got? If you're watching you this on it? YouTube... I've done a stats dive this afternoon. Oh, look <laughs> all at the, that. All the notes up Good the man. So we're looking at December and January. And as we've all said, this could be make or break. The period I would look at as make or break, and others might disagree with this, and that's fine, is from the 3rd of December against Brooklyn 
all the way through to the 7th of January against Atlanta. Yeah. So we've got a 15-game span there. I expect us to beat the Wizards. That's the game we play before this. The first game we play in December is the 2nd of the 12th versus the Wizards. And I expect us to beat them. And I'd be really disappointed if we've got a losing record or a 2-2 two and two record against Washington this season. But if I was a fantasy sports owner like, gee, I might be looking at Kyle Kuzma this year as somebody I'd pick up because he might play heavy minutes. It starts, <laughs> it, starts, it starts on the 3rd of the 12th for me. And we've got Brooklyn. And I've, I've highlighted that one because... I expect Brooklyn to be a team who are not going to be great, but they might be a team around us for playing. Last year, we were one and two against Brooklyn. And this goes all the way down to the seventh of the first where we're playing the Hawks, who we were one and three against last year. Again, if Atlanta's squad remains as it is and we have a one and three record against them at the end of the season or a zero and four, it hasn't gone well and it hasn't gone to plan. Of those 15 games... Over a season, the teams we play in that period are Brooklyn, Cleveland, double against Boston, Miami, Milwaukee, Indiana, Washington, Philly, New York, Phoenix, Golden State, Sacramento, Denver, and ending with Atlanta. Season series, 50 games, we were 19 and 50. So we need to improve that form on those 15 games. Now we can swing that form because I think coming out of those games, the 15 games, we've got to be looking at being eight and seven minimum okay. and the teams where we're looking at it is is can we beat Brooklyn we didn't do well against Cleveland last year so we were zero and four Boston we've got a back-to-back -back. we actually shocked them because we were a bit of a matchup nightmare but they have added Pazingas as we know can we split that We've got Miami and Milwaukee coming in. I don't like us against the Bucks, but I do think we can get something off the heat. We were one and three against them. I don't think, as it stands, without Dame Lillard, Miami are necessarily a team that we should be saying we can't beat them. So that's winnable. Indiana, they're a team like us. Rebuilding young, so we should be looking at them. We should be looking at knocking off the Wizards. We're at Philadelphia, who were one and three. That should be a game where we're usually going, that's going to be tough. But James Harden's doing James Harden things now. They're a better coached team, much better coached team. But James Harden could, you never know, he could sit this out or he could force a trade. Something's going to happen there. It's going to blow up. Harden's even talking about how good China is to him and stuff and wanting to play there at some point. But him and he's Arkans, in danger of talking himself out of the league, mate. But he's doing what he does. Yes. He's I doing agree. what he does. So our Philadelphia, what you'd expect them to be. The Knicks, that's a tough ask. Phoenix, at Phoenix is a tough ask. Golden State and Sacramento and Denver, three on the four on the bounce. Phoenix, Golden State, Sacramento, Denver, they are big. We've got to get one of those and we've got to knock the Hawks off. So I'm thinking we've got to beat the Knicks, we've got to knock the Hawks off and we've got to pick something up in one of those Western games to give ourselves any chance. If we go and have an abominable record in that period, we are setting ourselves up badly for the rest of January, which is equally as tough. So it's a 15-game span from me, and it starts against Brooklyn, and it goes all the way to Atlanta. Um, so how well we manage those 15 games, I think, could dictate a lot, because I looked at them and I was like, we could, we could go, like, if you were being really pessimistic, you could go 3-12. and 12. And you don't want that because we go three and twelve. We've given ourselves a problem. 
Oh, so yeah. I think we've got to be seven or eight wins in there, and that's how I think we can get them. So, yeah, that was my little stats deep dive. Good, mate. It's good. I like it. Gee, what's your thoughts on that period? Yeah, just exactly really what Gary said. You know, you've got to take care of business against teams you should be beating. Uh, your Washingtons, your Brooklyns, your Indianas, uh, potentially Philadelphia's, um, OKC, the latter part of the January. Um, and then you've got to try and pick up a couple more. You know, at Dallas, we could win that. You know, if you split with Phoenix, we obviously did very well last season against Golden State, beat them twice. If you can nick one against them, they're obviously, you know, they're still a powerhouse team, aren't they? Um, but if you pick one up, then you obviously, you know, you, you, you can lose one just to stay at 500. So, like Gary said, you're keeping your your head above water um, with regard to these. But interestingly, um, there are two more games to be added to this um, December, January um, sort of section we're talking about because we play the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn on the 3rd of December. Um, And I believe it it all depends where you're at in this uh, whole tournament, which is just causing so much headaches, to be honest with you. Did Um, anybody actually understand how the scheduling was going to work on that? Who we might think, actually play. I think, no, <laughs> not really. But we can either have a game, I can't remember the date, I haven't got it in front of me, on the 6th got, and the 8th yeah. or something like that, or the 5th and the 7th. I'm not, I'm not sure, but you know, you're know, just hoping it's a bottom dweller, don't you, just to just to help us with the scheduling. Um, I suppose if, if we did qualify, then obviously you're going to get a tougher team. Is that how it works? It depends, mate. It depends on who... You, you know, you could find Golden State or the Lakers just aren't bothered about that, um, that competition. And yeah. the likes of ourselves and Detroit are using it as a stepping stone to gain experience. We don't know yet what people, are, what reactions play, players are going to have and teams are going to have to that competition. I think it was Jeff, wasn't it, when he was on, who said the way you motivate players in in his experience is offer money, and that's what they've done. So we shall see yeah. as to as to. It's a strange one, isn't it? It's just like the, it's how like we the, get. It's like the Coca Cola Cup, isn't it? The League Cup. Nobody really cares in the football, do they? Um, but obviously, it all falls in part with the regular season, and you know you need as many wins as you can. So. Uh, no, it's a, it's a very tough stretch, though. Very tough stretch. People care when they get the final. Absolutely, Paul. Absolutely. Yeah. As soon as there's a trophy on the line. It's, uh, so, gee, I'm going to want. I want to talk to you about March because uh, potentially this is a critical one. If the Magic are fighting for a playoff spot, or you know, let's hope even better, a playoff seed late in the year. Um, that eight-game home stand mid-March to early April could be pivotal. Yeah, could be pivotal. I'll put my teeth in and get my brain working. Um, starts the home stretch on March 17th against the Raptors and concludes April the 1st against the Blazers. Both are teams that missed the playoffs last year. Other opponents in that stretch, we've got the Warriors, Clippers and Grizzlies. So, G, thoughts on that stand, that homestand? Yeah, um, I mean, we're going back to, you know, the the whole... December, January thing. We just need to, like Mikey said, stay, you know, head above water. Um, and then this gives us a great big platform to propel ourselves here. If you look back to the beginning of March, um, you know, you've got Utah, Detroit, 
at Charlotte, at Washington, at New York, versus Indiana, versus Brooklyn, Toronto twice, home and away, Charlotte. You know, you could see us putting six wins together there, straight. Um, and then it does get tough, tougher, like you mentioned, Paul. You know, New Orleans, you don't know what you're going to get. Will Zion be playing? Um, I was fortunate fortunate enough to see the Magic beat New Orleans back in January this year. Um, they're very capable, the Pelicans, um, and you just don't know who you're going to get. The Kings obviously playing uh, very well last season. Golden State again. Um, you might get Kawhi or Paul George. You don't know with the Clippers. Um, the Grizzlies, unless Ja Morant's um, suspended again. There's a lot of ifs and buts, and this part of the season as well, you're going to have injuries come into play. So um, the guys mentioned earlier, Gary said, you know, depth is absolutely key. Uh, and, you know, touch wood, we don't get any injuries at all. Um, there are injuries going to occur, just you don't know where, do you? So um, it's just being in the right place at the right time, making sure you can take advantage of it when it occurs. Um, but no, that, that March-April stretch, it sets, sets you up nicely to propel you. Good couple of tough games in there towards the end as well. Um, so, yeah, it, it it's a nice little homestand, yeah. shall I say. Gary, anything to add to that? Um, it's a more general point, really, just everything G said I agree with. Um, I know we've spoken about how the, the schedule looks when you we first glanced at it and we looked at the start and we've looked at how December and January can go. But it's interesting, um, Twitter user HP Basketball said that the Magic actually have the... It's calculated that we've got the easiest run mm. from the All-Star to the end of the season where we've got um, 15 home games, 12 road games, only four back-to-backs. And in terms of travel, we've got the third fewest miles of any team. Yeah. So if we're in a good position, and it's like the theme of tonight where we're talking about not going into these runs, keeping our head above water, if we can be in that position going into the All-Star break, as long as we stay healthy, we're putting ourselves in a a positive position post-All-Star game rather than playing catch-up. So I think how the first part of the season goes is vital because if we can establish the right habits, the right culture, people can be breaking out, etc., we could put ourselves in a really nice position with a young, energetic team. Well, Mikey, it was... Uh, sorry, Gary. Mikey, it was yourself, wasn't it, in the group who said that, uh, looking at the schedule, you've got the kind of feeling of the 2018-19 season mm-hmm. where it, the, that run set us up for opportunity to get into the playoffs if the second half of the season. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. And I think the other thing with that home stand as well was, other than the last two games, uh, no, sorry, you got the Clippers and the and the Grizzlies back to back. But other than that, they've got at least a day off in between games, so they're going to be in Orlando for what a good two week stretch. I think it's fifteen or sixteen days, so it's also a good period if you do have some injuries that you've got. You're at home, we get your players back rehabbing and and getting healthy towards the end of the season if you are in the playoff hunt or in the play or in the play in hunt then uh you've got a good chance of getting everybody back towards the end of the season hopefully now gary how do you fancy sorry gee you would like you about I, to say something right? i'm just having a look at my notes and i put something in actually that i forgot to mention about the the january part so on four <laughs> well, no no this is this is quite important on Go for four it, four separate occasions 
we've got three games in four nights just in one month yeah and and you've seen the teams there we've read them out you know a couple of minutes ago but my gosh um absolutely brutal I, i don't think i've ever seen that on a schedule um in a very long time Anyway, it's, it's, no, it's, actually, no, it's good. Actually, it's actually quite nice. It segues into what I was going to ask Gary about that final three games of the season, though that season close. If we need something, how are you feeling about it? Milwaukee twice and the Sixers in between them. I know that that's where I went straight to. That's why I asked you the question, Pat. <laughs> well, my put, thing... I think you put in the Twitter in, in, in our uh, WhatsApp group yesterday. I went straight here. So it was it was a no-brainer that you were having this one. Yeah, um it's one of those where I would love to be in the position where we've sewn up a playoff berth and it doesn't matter about the playing and we've got to say ideal world, like fifth seed, say locked in, that would be fine. But we know that we're realistically dealing with, we're probably looking at the playing is where we're targeting. And um, I had a conversation from the Orlando UK account with uh, Liam Radbone, who one of the UK members. And really, this is not where we want to be if it's where everybody's got something to play for. Where if we look at those two teams, we had a one and seven record combined against them last year. So I don't want to be in a position where we have to win those games or go two out of three, for example. Liam made a point which I also thought about and agreed with massively is we've got to hope that the season's set and if it's something where Milwaukee's locked in as one or two or even if Milwaukee's just like, you know, we're happy with the second seed and how matchups go, you can see the Bucks resting players because what they won't want is Yanis or Chris Middleton or, or Drew Holiday in particular getting injured because we've seen what injuries did to the Bucks in the playoffs last year. So that might play in our favour. And then the other team is Philadelphia. And Philadelphia, on paper and with their coach, have all of the talent to be a top three team in the East. We know this. But as I said earlier, what will Philadelphia look like by All-Star break? Because, honestly, it could be. We know James Harden has it in his locker. And it sounds like the Andy Harden podcast tonight. But... James Harden has it in his locker to sit out, to disrupt a team, to basically throw his conditioning out the window, etc., until he gets what he wants. And it's, it's a real shame, I would say, if you're a Philly fan now. I've got a friend who's a Philly fan. It's a real shame when you look at it that they need an efficient 20 points, 10 assists, James Harden to go alongside Joel Embiid. That's what they need. And... Instead, James Harden's legacy possibly might be forgetting everything he did in Houston when he carried that team. And it was like Tracy McGrady-esque in the new NBA system. He carried that team. He nearly got them to the finals. One of the best scorers and weapons that you've seen who's going to possibly be remembered for a look at how he messed up the Brooklyn Nets and look at how he messed up the Philadelphia 76ers who are two teams that had the talent to win a title that could be James Harden's legacy and that's a shame that really is a shame well Mikey I'm going to ask you a similar question about uh, these final three because it was yourself who put this in as well Um, how are you feeling about those three games I was going to ask you about the point that uh, Liam had made to Gary around if positions are locked in Uh... 
I was talking, so I'm going to change the subject slightly in that Becky's been been away for three days. She went out to see our friends Luke and Louise for the yeah. weekend. And they're actually in Orlando at the end of November into December. So they're going to be going to a couple of these games. And Becky was like, oh, who, do you, who do you think they should go and see? Or who would you like, who do you think they'd like to see? Or, I was like, honestly, this season, if we were all going, there, I don't think other than maybe... Washington, there's any team that I wouldn't want to see this year. I think mm. every single team has got a player that you want to see or there's a team that you want to see. And I think there's going to be so much competition this year for places that I'm not convinced that, it's, that things are going to be locked in with a few games to go. I, I think there's going to be a lot of seeding that's going to go right down to the last couple of games of the season. Um, so... Yeah, it'd be, it would be fantastic if we went into that last game at home against Milwaukee and Giannis is sitting and Chris Middleton sitting. But I'm not convinced that, that these teams want to do that. And if they're healthy, then they're going to want to keep their momentum going into the playoffs as well and, and staying finely tuned as well. Um, whether Philly are there, whether they can make a deal and get rid of James Harden and bring somebody else in, I, I don't know. But... <laughs> That's two of the three best teams in the East you're looking at there, Philly and, and Milwaukee, as they are, um, if nothing else changes. So <laughs> they couldn't have kept much worse, really, could it? And then maybe throw the Denver Nuggets in there. But um, On paper, yeah. it doesn't look good, does it? No, but we not just, at the moment. You just That's the thing. You, uh, you don't know what you're going to have at that point. I remember a couple of seasons back, uh, be about, uh, so it would be 20... 2017-18 season I was looking at going across for um, perhaps the Easter period and in that in that period we'd have had a, a road game in Miami um, I think we've got home game against Miami uh, and I think they were up in New York and possibly playing Brooklyn as well in the period that we could have gone and we looked at it and went yeah, that's on paper. That was really good. But you expected that Miami by then would perhaps be locked in and, you know, not playing everybody. You, you kind of looked and thought Brooklyn the same because at that point they weren't, they were playing quite nicely. Mm. Uh, New York, you expected them to be cut adrift and playing for nothing. So we actually decided upon travelling at a different period. It didn't work out like that as it turned out. The games would have been relatively okay we were out of it but sort a couple of the games would have been relatively okay so it just shows that you don't always know you don't always know what you're going to get um but yeah we, we, we just don't know till balls tipped and the, and no. the season gets underway that how it's going to shake out i mean it's all theoretical at this point and i'm i'm sure we're going to do our predictions in a couple of weeks time as we get closer probably after the world cup I expect but yeah um at the moment, I mean, you could argue there's 28, 29 really competitive teams this year that are all going to want to get better. Well, when we, I know you, I think it was the pod, did you miss that one where we talked about the Eastern Conference teams? Yeah. Um, and I know that as we were doing that, we were talking and finding that really there was there weren't that many teams that you were looking and saying, yeah, they're just not a good team or they don't have any potential. Um, as you, Coming back to your point again about the the number of good players that are 
within teams this season. It's going to be a very competitive season. I want to ask you all about after the schedule release, whether you're feeling more or less confident about the season. And without saying how many wins you, I'm not asking you to say 41, 42 wins or whatever, but whether you see us having more wins than the over-unders, which seem to put us around at the 36.5 wins mark tied with Toronto and Chicago. So, G, we'll come to you first, mate. What's your thoughts on that? Over. Over. Easy. Easy so you, over. I'll give, eight, you four, eight, I'll give you 41 and 39, my friend, out of the 80 games. I've excellent. already gone through it all. So, uh, not very confident with that. Um, it's good to see that they, they can't sort of separate us with Toronto and Chicago because, you know, the Bulls fans think they're think they're very good and they're, they're very not. Um, they're on they're on the downward, aren't they? Um, and then obviously t- Toronto wow. have had, uh, what's that? Yeah, it's every, every week. It's just like, who can, who can I upset today? Let me just pull a number out of the hat. <laughs> Chicago, it's your turn. <laughs> they're all right, but there's nothing There's nothing to shout about, is there? Really? I, I, it's you know great. What I never mean? change. Never change, pal. Never change. Yeah. Never change, mate. I don't, and obviously Toronto lost Van Fleet, um, obviously lost their coach. So, you know, I, I think we're better than both of them, but, you know, I might be wearing my blue tinted glasses again. I think, I think the Pacers were at 37.5. They were, So yeah. That, yeah. that group of four teams that we, I think when we were doing the Eastern Conference thing, we all put ourselves kind of in and around there that Chicago would be fighting for the play. And so, yeah. So you're feeling... Nothing's changed for you, confidence-wise, following the schedule yep. release. You're happy with it? Happy, cool. yeah, 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 happy with it. I think we've got a good squad, a depth, and everything. So I, I think we're ready to take the next step. Gary, you'd say on your American opinion, point. mate. <laughs> um, everybody healthy, I'll see over. Yep. Um, I think we're a, we're a 500 team. Around about that point, um, statistically. I'm saying if healthy, we saw the impact of Jonathan Isaac. I think it was 11 games he played last year, won nine, and then he had to sit during another one where if he had played, would have probably won that one as well. And we saw the impact of the team when that, you know, though everybody was healthy and we had a guard rotation and we didn't start off as we did. So I think there is a 500 team in there. The threats to it are that I think Indiana and Detroit are coming with us. Up that list, I think Cade Cunningham's for real. I think Indiana's got really good personnel there. I think Charlotte are a surprise package of the league if they've got Lamelo fit and they bed Miles Bridges back in. I'm with G. I don't think the I think the Bulls situation of point guard could really cost them, and I think that the Raptors are one step off going into a rebuild because yeah. I think I, I keep saying it. I think Siakam's going to go. I think OG could go as well. And I think they're going to start looking at what Scotty Barnes can do as their uh, franchise player, which I'm not going to comment on that, but I think they could go into a... Uh... Oh, go on, comment. It's funny. Oh, come on, you may as well follow in G's footsteps. <laughs> I, I just, I stand by what I said. I don't think Scotty Barnes was Rookie of the Year when he won it. And I don't think his second... If I, that was his second season sample, he didn't play like a guy where you'd say... You're on the verge of stardom now. He could, he's got the physical tools to do it, but that jumper has to improve. Yeah. We've heard it all the time from people going in on guys like Markel Fultz, saying about the jumper, the jumper, the jumper. Well, 
Ed also goes for Scotty Barnes. He adds a jumper. And you've got a dangerous, dangerous player there. But he has to add a jumper. Yeah. If he's going to be first option. And Mr. Clark, I've got to ask you the same question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the over. I think if this number was maybe 38 or 39, I'd have to really think about it. If it was the over-under. I think it's set too low. Um, but we also got to remember... We only had two teams that finished below us in the league last year, in the Eastern Conference last year. So we've still got to look at this. We're, we're being optimistic, I think, is the best way of putting this. We're, we've still got a lot of, there's a lot to do this season. There is a lot of players that still need to have a big improvement. We need to take a big leap this year. And to go from, what, was it 22 wins to 34 was, was a really good first year improvement. But this next leap is going to really it's going to really set us up for the next couple of years i would like to say we were in and around the 40 win mark i think i again i think the east is going to be so competitive this year that i think it's going to be hard for a lot of teams to separate themselves from from another um and we could be looking at just like half a game could be the difference between getting in the play and, and not getting in the play. And it could be the difference between getting in the sixth seed and, and just falling back into the play. And um, I think it's going to be really tight. And, and I think the wins are going to be shared more evenly with a lot of these teams in the East this year. So um, yeah, I'll take the over at 36, but I think if I'm being honest at the moment, I think 38 to 40 is kind of where I'm sort of setting my setting my sights at the moment. I'd love it to be a bit more than that, obviously. But I think if we're being realistic, another maybe five or six wins on what we did last year in a, in a, in an Eastern Conference is going to be really, really competitive. Um, I mean, I was completely wrong last year, so what do I know? Right, <laughs> <laughs> I... Mean, I, I... When the schedule came out, my initial reaction was, this is awful. This is awful. And I felt less confident about the season. As sitting down and preparing this for the podcast tonight, and you look at little things that other people have been writing and taking ideas for, for for dropping into this, started to feel a little bit more confident and feel that... um, that over-under is, as Mikey said, set too low. I'm not saying I'm as confident as you, Gene. I, I agree entirely with Gary that fit, I feel that there is a 500 team in there. At this moment in time, I'm kind of that same figure as Mikey, 39-40. Um, if we can keep fit, if we can keep healthy, if we see Jonathan Isaac able to contribute in the way that he did for those short period and everything that I'm hearing from people and friends in the, within that organization is that he's in the best shape of his life. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Let's hope so. Then I could see that translating to another couple of wins, but at this moment in time, I'm sort of that 39, 40 number, which is still an increase. And I still think, and that, that I think, in this year's Eastern Conference, which is going to be an absolute brawl um, of a bar fight, it's that should be enough to see you in a strong position in the East. So, yeah, I think we'll be 
somewhere there or thereabouts with that number. So we're all within yeah. three games. So yeah. we're all. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before we finish, I want um there was something we were going to do, but we're going to leave it for the for another week. Um we'll come to it. But I just wanted to revisit one that uh Gary's been throwing out these um teams uh for opinions uh of best five players drafted outside of the lottery. We did say that I needed to do one from my period of time, from the perspective of since I became a fan of the team, which is uh, season 2013, 14, 20, yeah, around 2014. Wow. It was quite hard work, I've got to say. <laughs> so the, the, the best five I could come up with for players drafted outside of the lottery was at point guard, I went Cole Anthony. Shooting guard, one for G, Evan Fournier. Small forward, Aaron Aflalo. That helped that he came back from the 2018 season. Otherwise, that position was an absolute nightmare to fill. Um, power forward, Tobias Harris. And at centre, Vooch. These were some of the other players that we had the opportunity of putting into that lineup. So, honourable mentions, if you can call it that, to Mo Wagner. Jonathan Simmons, Ken Birch, Sergi Backer, Jason Smith, and Dwayne Dedman. Love so, Jason Smith. Yeah, I mean, there's, don't get me wrong, mate. There's some good role players in there. There's some, but, it, but it's not what you want as a starting five, is it, some of them? Oh, so, Gary, I am, uh, go on. I am so disappointed in you. Go on. No Melvin Frazier. No Melvin Frazier <laughs> Jr. in there. <laughs> <laughs> right, if I'm doing it properly, I've got to do it properly, mate. Uh, <laughs> I mean that that would have been interesting. A worse five that we've drafted, or that we've had that's played for us in that period of time. That could be uh, some. I'm I'm pretty sure Melvin Fraser Jr. isn't the worst one, not the worst five on the list either. I'd probably stick in there. You know, I was just never a fan. You know, I was just never a fan. Yeah, was he 2012, 2013 or so? Yeah. I didn't like, we might have to have a play with that one. We might have to have a play with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gary, as it was you who threw it out, what's your reaction to that five, mate? What do you think of it? I'm actually quite impressed. I don't think it's a bad lineup. I think you've got, um, obviously, you've got Vooch in there and you've got Cole in there. Tobias Harris was good for us yeah. as well. Um, Fournier and the Flalo, they'll do a job. You know, that could, when you were saying about what it was going to come up with, that's a lot better than I actually feared immediately. But you've got the goat there and you've got Vooch there, so it's all good. I, I've got to be honest, it was better than I thought. It was better than I thought. And shooting guard, I knew G would be happy. Well, I saw that it was like a, the, the face just lit up like a card. He's <laughs> <laughs> not even one of my favourite players ever. I just liked him and he, he was just good for what he was asked to do. In fairness. What's your son's name? Evan. <laughs> <laughs> I rest my case, your worships. <laughs> and my wife picked that. Yeah, all right. Genuine, genuine. <laughs> I think she did, pal. Okay, <laughs> everybody, listen, we're going to leave it at that for this week. Um, thank you, as always, for watching and listening. Please hit the subscribe button on YouTube, on our channel, Orlando Magic UK. It doesn't sound like much, but you wouldn't believe how much it helps us. 
So please do it if you haven't already done it. I know we bang on about it every week, but it's something we really appreciate if you do. So like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Threads, X, Twitter, whatever it's called. And they're all at Orlando Magic UK. So until next time, <laughs> from Garan, Gary, Mikey, go magic and did it, did it, did it. that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs>